We bike. Welcome to another episode of the Ace of Spades Dynasty League Pod. Um, no real intro today, but y'all know who the fuck it is, man. It is Mr. KOD, Mr. Five Time Champion. Uh, recording an unplugged episode of the Ace of Spades Pod. I don't have my roadcaster with me, so I'm recording directly from my um, my laptop. So if the audio quality is bad, I apologize, but it's been way too long since I've recorded one of these podcasts and so much has happened throughout the league over the past couple of months. I wanted to jump on and just do um, a quick recap of everything that's happened in the league. So I guess I'll start. We're always starting to talk about some NFL news and notes. First and foremost, I want to talk about the Deshaun Watson situation because it happens to impact something that just went down in the league. So I got a few people texting me asking, why wow, I bought Deshaun Watson back from these for two future 25 picks. Um, for those of you who do remember, uh, that was part of the agreement when uh, V's joined the league and we made the trade in the first place. Uh, v sent two 23 first-round picks and a second-round pick or two 23 first-round picks, a second and a third. I can't I can't remember the full scope of the trade, but the, the brunt of it was two first and a second-round pick in 2023 for Deshaun Watson. And the agreement we had was, you know, since Vs was assuming risk and acquiring a player that could face, you know, up to an extensive suspension or ban from the league, um, if things broke bad, I would buy Deshaun Watson back at um, the cost of a first and a second round pick. So the second round pick that I actually acquired from them, I didn't have anymore. It was a 2024 pick. So we settled on an additional uh, first round pick. So I don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. Obviously, this is a fantasy football um, podcast. And not only is it a fantasy football podcast, it is a fantasy football dynasty league podcast with the homies. So, you know, I don't have any fucking non-football takes. Um but based on the information that's come out over the past few weeks, it's not looking good for Deshaun Watson. He could face up to, you know, a multi-year suspension or even potentially a ban from the league. I mean, we just don't know. There's been no precedent for, you know, um, this volume of civil suits um, that could violate the code of conduct policy uh, against the player uh, ever in NFL history. So I don't really know what's going to happen, but... For those of you who have questions about that trade, um, that is why. Just keeping my wire to Vs that I wouldn't let him sink with that ship if something happens. So um, he lost value on the deal, obviously, because um, the picks that he sent were coming up in 2023 and the picks that he got in return are two years out. So it puts him back in a bit of a, a hole in terms of his team and how quickly he can turn it around. But, you know, um, he didn't want to hold Deshaun Watson through all the turmoil and with the increased risk of, of him missing, you know, an extensive period of time. I understand why he wanted to get out of him. So it's no big deal. Um, what else do we have here? Do we have any relevant news? Let me check. Sorry, y'all. I'm a little, I'm a little rusty. Um, no, that's pretty much it. I can run down some dynasty player news. Like, MVS supposedly has had a good connection with Patrick Mahomes so far. Alec Pierce has looked good in camp. Lamar Jackson hasn't been showing up to voluntary activities. Mac Jones has looked good in uh, minicamp. Wondell Robinson, this piece of news is interesting because we're all still in like rookie mode, getting excited about these guys and trying to understand where they fit in into their offenses. Um, 
Wondell Robinson could see a big role in the Giants offense as a slot guy. Um, Hunter Renfro got an extension. Baker Mayfield is supposedly likely to be cut or released, and so is Jimmy G, according to NFL source. I don't really know how valid that is, but uh, if either of those guys get cut, they're gonna they're gonna sign like pretty quickly somewhere else. Um, Jared Goff is apparently taking a step in the right direction, like learning the the Lions offense, and then DeAndre Swift is looking in practice. So that's all I'll do for NFL news and notes because I got a lot to cover with this other shit. So. First and foremost, I want to recap the rookie draft we had. Even though there were only like five GMs in the draft that actually had any money, it was the first time we ever did um, an auction draft for rookies in the Ace of Space. So I wanted to recap that and do a quick team by team. I'll do it in order of how we drafted the picks, and I'll even talk about how the teams with no picks coming into the draft, got to where they were. So I'll do this rundown as quickly as possible. And then I'll talk about some of the trades that have gone down in the league over the past couple weeks, because uh, there have been a lot of them. First, actually first, before I dive into the recap of the auction draft, uh, big shout out to to Buck and Burke. Um, we have one big award in Ace of Spades every year, and that's the GM of the Year Award. Uh, this year we had two because we had such an infusion of uh, new GMs into the league. Uh, so we did one GM of the year, one orphan GM of the year. The only reason I bring it up again is because those dudes have gotten paid out for that. So um, big shout out to them again for grinding and putting the work in necessary to be recognized for those two uh, challenges and awards. And everybody, speaking of like payouts and shit, everybody who's traded 25 picks, be ready to pay your fucking dues. You know, I know everybody got real trigger happy when uh, the first domino went down with me trading, you know, for a 25 pick. Um, so everybody who's traded one, make sure you uh, you pay up for 2025. I'll make sure the league is set up properly for that. Give me one second. Let me check on time here because I really want to make this brief. All right, cool. So let's start by talking about Visa's team. Um he was first up in auction. He finished with the worst record. Obviously, he took over Tay Brown's team, and Tay Brown left his team at a really bad spot. Uh, overall, I think Bees did a really, really good job um, with this draft, especially being not only a first-time auction player, but a first-time dynasty player. Like, his aptitude for the game is actually, like, really, really good for somebody who doesn't have, like, any experience with either auction or dynasty. So I was pretty happy with the way he conducted himself throughout the season and how he executed in the draft. Um he was able to get James Cook, who goes at the one-two turn in rookie drafts for only 58 bucks. That was a steal. He was also able to come away with Jahan Dotson for 86 bucks, so less than 100 bucks on a player who goes in the first round or at the one-two turn is also like really impressive. And he got John Mechie, a guy who may not necessarily particularly high on Mechie, but he's an early second-round pick in rookie drafts, and he got him for again less than 100 bucks. Which these values are really, really impressive because we had such an infusion of fake cash in this draft because of all the compensatory picks, it really pushed up the value of a lot of these players. So the fact that he was able to get James Cook, John Mechie, and John Dodson all for under 100 bucks, that freed him up to do some other things that I'll talk about in a bit. Um, so he ended up with two premium players from this draft. And I guess if I had to critique V's for anything is that with the amount of money that he had, and he had over $100, and he let, okay, two things. I mean, he had over $1,000, excuse me. 
and he left with $49. So that's one thing. I don't know. He had something personal come up. He had to get his kids, but you never, ever, ever leave the auction with money ever, especially a rookie auction, especially when you're in a rebuild, because it's very important to maximize your dollar. Um, specifically considering V's doesn't have any 23 picks. So he definitely could have used that money to attach it to maybe, you know, one of these other players to get a higher tier player. You know, let's say instead of Mechie, he goes and spends, you know, 150 on, um, I don't know, Rashad White or some shit or Christian Watson or something like a player that not necessarily is going to pan out because like we don't know how these draft picks are going to you know perform, but a player that has a bit more value post-draft. Um, so he left with money. That's problem number one. Problem number two, from a strategy perspective going into the auction, I would have preferred he left with one more stud. So he left with two top six rookie picks in Superflex, which is really, really good. He left with Drake London and Jamison Williams. I would have liked to see V's um, go after one more stud. Um, but ultimately, he did a really good job. He got two solidified top six uh, rookie picks in Jamison Williams and Drake London. And he ended with two, you know, generally speaking, late round, uh, late first round rookies as well in James Cook and um, and Jahan Dotson. So overall, he did really good. I won't like super critique um, every play he bet on. He also got Malik Willis for 99 bucks. And I talked to V's about this a couple of times since the draft, um, saying that he should have gone after Kenny Pickett. And I think V's was a little confused, like still learning dynasty and the landscape of like how we evaluate these players pre-draft and how we need to adjust our priors post-draft because, you know, everybody considered Malik Willis to be the QB one going into this process in terms of fantasy players because he, he runs the ball. So he has that rushing upside. But post-draft, when the NFL told us that he, you know, that they didn't really believe in Malik Willis as a first-round talent, that's when we have to shift and adjust and focus on the players that the NFL actually does believe in. One of those players being Kenny Pickett, they drafted him, you know, the Steelers did with with the top 15 pick. So um, we always got to follow the draft capital, especially at the QB position, because there are very few hits that come outside of, you know, not just the first round, but outside of the top, you know, 10 players. So um, that's a learning experience for V's. I think this draft looks a lot better if. You swap out Malik Willis for King Pickett, and then you swap out, you know, the combination maybe of John Mechie and his his forty nine dollars for maybe like a Christian Watson or, you know, um, one of these other pre, uh, premier like late round players. But overall, like I give these like a B minus like for his first auction. That's like really really good. Um, next is Ray. Ray didn't have any picks in this draft, um, even though. He came into the offseason with a ton of picks. So I'll just briefly highlight what Ray was able to do with those picks. So I won't get into the dollar amounts because I don't think it's like super relevant. But Ray sent away um, auction dollars to acquire both Saquon Barkley and Rashad Penny from me uh, pretty early in the offseason process, which based on the value he got in return, I thought that was a good move by him, especially considering he wanted to kind of compete this year. And he also sent... Michael Thomas, plus the remaining picks lady had, which was about um, a little over a hundred bucks for Michael Thomas. So he sent, I'm sorry, he sent, I don't know if I said that wrong. He sent Rashad Bateman and a little over a hundred bucks for Michael Thomas. I think I got that flip flop at the beginning, but um, I don't know what to think about the Michael Thomas thing, especially since 
Ray did that trade before the Hollywood Brown news. So now Rashad Bateman potentially walks into a number one role with Baltimore. And if I'm not mistaken, he already has more value than Michael Thomas on the trade market. Uh, if we're referencing keep trade cut, don't hold me to that, but I'm pretty confident he does. And Ray also attached essentially a late first round pick to Bateman to get Michael Thomas. So I don't like that trade as much as the Saquon trade, but overall, like I understood what Ray was trying to do, especially if you believe that Michael Thomas is going to have a bounce back season. Like it's just unfortunate that it doesn't seem like he's coming back from his injury as quickly as you know, we anticipate it. it's been two years since he played football. So there's no telling if Michael Thomas is ever going to be productive again. And it's pretty clear that he's not ever going to be as productive as he was, you know, last time we saw him fully healthy. Um, but anyway, that's why Ray doesn't have any picks. Moving on to Buck. Buck did a really, really good job in this draft. Um, for whatever reason, the league fell asleep at the wheel. Everybody who had money on Kenneth Walker. Um I ultimately decided to stop bidding just because Buck had the bread on him. And I knew this was a player that um, Buck had his eyes on coming into the draft. And I also had to save my money for, you know, the players that I wanted to target because I was very, like, purposeful with, you know, the, the players that I wanted to come away from this draft with. Um, but he ultimately ended up getting Kenneth Walker for $153, which looks like, you know, an absolute steal in retrospect, especially considering Players like George Pickens went $485. So for context, Kenneth Walker goes anywhere between the 102 and the 106 in rookie drafts. So he goes in between pick two and pick six in super flex drafts. And the earliest I've ever seen George Pickens go is the 110 or the 109. One of those, 109, I've seen him go. So... Values got kind of like flip up there and it was early in the draft and it was everybody's first auction. So I kind of understand how people fell asleep at the wheel on Pickett and Walker, but Buck ended up getting him from a st for, for steal. He also got Rashad White for 92 bucks, which is fine. Ended up spending a dumb amount of bread on Garrett Wilson, but he, but he kind of had to. He had a ton of money left. And I know this is one of the players that Buck wanted to leave the draft with. So um, I thought that was fine value. He got Wandell Robinson for a good price as well at 41 bucks. He's somebody that's been creeping up the draft board. I talked about him at the top of the show. And he got Trey McBride for a really cheap price uh, as well. So those are the highlights of Buck's draft. He ended with Kenneth Walker, Garrett Wilson, Wandell Robinson, and Trey McBride. I feel like there's another player that he had, but I guess not. But that's pretty good. I mean, Walker, like I said, goes in between pick two and pick six. So does Garrett Wilson. He goes in between, you know, pick three and pick six. So he was able to leave with two first-round picks and a player that sometimes sneaks into the first round in Rashad White. So overall, I think Buck did a really good job. I'd probably give Buck an A-. minus. I think he had the best pound-for-pound -pound draft um, in Ace of Spades um, this year. And, I mean, it's no surprise. Buck is not an auction rookie. He's, he's done auctions with me in the past. He's been doing it for like a year now. So he's pretty familiar, not just with the strategy behind it, but the platform as well and how to manipulate it. So uh, no surprise. He did a good job. Chris is up next. Chris didn't have any money. He had a little over 100 bucks coming into the draft. And he traded it for me for like a straight-up pick swap. So he sent me his late first this year for a late first next year, which I thought was like really, really savvy. Uh, even though I fucking I offered it to him, but I thought it was one of the few times Chris actually fucked with me on the deal. And it was a good move because as y'all can see from this board, if you go back and look at the draft recap, 
you really couldn't get shit for hundred dollars. I mean, he could have kept his picks and got like a Rashad White or some shit like that, but that doesn't really help Chris's team and where it is and what he's trying to do. Um, I'll say this at the halfway mark of the podcast. If you haven't figured it out yet, it is a, of extreme importance to stack picks. If you have very few picks in the draft, you're probably better off trading those picks away for an asset as opposed to trying to come into the draft with, you know, significantly less than everybody else because you're just going to get squeezed out of the players that you want or squeezed out of the top players. So a lot of people realize that coming into the draft, and that's why you saw so much movement with picks um, pre-draft and people trading out of the draft. And like myself, I was kind of zigging when everybody else's zag was was zagging and got back into it. But anyway, I thought that was a savvy move by, by Chris. All right, Burke. Now, everybody knows... You know, me and Burke butt heads in the, in the chat, and I give Burke a hard time. But I promise, like, that's not the case today. With Burke's draft, man, I understood what Burke was trying to do. I'm just not sure he picked the right draft to do it in, and he executed very well. So, Buck came in, I'm sorry, Burke came into the draft with the fir- uh, fourth most auction dollars. So, it was V's, myself, Buck, then Burke. But Burke didn't have much less than Buck had. He had like 500 some odd dollars. And I think Buck maybe had a couple hundred dollars more, like if that. But he didn't really leave with any studs. I think Burke got really lucky at the beginning of the draft because nobody wanted to spend. And he was able to get Kenny Pickett for 74 bucks. I talked about that a little earlier. After he got Kenny Pickett for 74 bucks, I thought Burke was on track to have if not the best draft of all of us, you know, a top three draft because he got a top seven, top eight rookie pick for less than a hundred bucks in a draft where Kenny Pickett should have gone for at least, you know, 200 bucks. So the fact that he saved so much money on Pickett, I was expecting him to be able to push the price up on some of these other rookies and he just didn't do it. I mean, Kenneth Walker went for 153. Burke had more than enough to get Kenny Walker. Um, I know he mentioned in the chat some time ago that he didn't want to add an RB to his team yet. I mean, I just think that's silly because you just take the value. And if you don't want the RB on your roster, you trade him away. Furthermore, Burke has multiple picks in 23 and 24. I don't understand what the issue is with adding a running back. I mean, a second round running back, especially an early second round running back, they're going to be on a team for, you know, the entirety of their rookie deal. So if you're planning on rebuilding for just two years, why not draft a running back? They're going to perform over the next several years. I mean, we're not drafting assets expecting them to last four or five years. So I just didn't understand the reason or the logic there. Um, but overall, you know, I don't think Burke had a bad draft. I just think he could have gone uh, and done a bit more with the amount of capital that he had because he ended up like spending a lot more down the stretch on players that shouldn't have really gone for the prices that they went for, like, I mentioned the George Pickens thing earlier. He should have been like a ninety to one hundred dollar player, like Christian Watson was, and Burke ended up spending, you know, close to two hundred on him because he got into a bidding war with people who saved their money towards the end. And I know Burke commented in the chat during the draft and said, like, you know, lesson learned. I'll, I'll spend early next time, and that's really, that's really what he should have done. Um, and like I said, don't get me wrong, he didn't have a bad draft, but he stretched the imagination. He still left with, you know, three first round picks. They were just like all late. So I would have liked to see Burke attack a stud and then fill his roster out with Pickens and Christian Watson as opposed to Kenny Pickett, you know, Christian Watson and George Pickens. Uh, and who knows what would happen? Like, 
maybe one of these um, quarterbacks that he spent money on down the stretch, like Desmond Ritter and Matt Corral, will hit as well. And then we'll be looking back at his draft saying that, you know, he got some steals at the draft. He did get some really optimal prices on um, some handcuff running backs like Samir White for 24 bucks and Taylor Algier, Taylor Algier for $13 is really good. And Tolbert for 27 is really good. So he, he got some plays in the draft. Like, like I said, don't get me wrong. He didn't, he didn't have a bad draft, but I think he kind of fumbled the bag a little bit with the amount of money he had. And even if he wasn't going to come away with some of these players, like some of these elite players, he should have pushed the price up a bit. There were times where a player would get up to 180 bucks and Burke would just stop bidding. And, you know, I looked up and pretty much the top seven players were gone off the board and Burke still had like 450 bucks and that shouldn't, that shouldn't ever really happen. Um, the people with the most money should be going after the studs. But like I said, I understand what he was trying to do. I just don't know if this was the right draft to do it in because this draft wasn't really deep. So I think what Burke's philosophy was, since his team is in a rebuild and he has so many holes to fill, that he wanted to spread his money out and take as many shots as possible. And it's fine to do that generally in, in most other classes, but this class was so weak. And now you're betting on you know Christian Watson and George Pickens to hit. And if they don't hit, then it's, it's a washed class. And you don't want to take a brick in a class where you have so much capital. So anyway, I still give Brick like a C plus. He still did a good job. You know, this is first time rookie auction for, for pretty much, you know, everybody in here outside of me. So um, I, I didn't expect anybody to, 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 to really crush it. But Brick still did a good job. I was just expecting him to spend a little bit more early. Um, Rio. <laughs> Uh, the OG Rio. Uh, he didn't have any picks coming in. He he actually did have three bucks, but he didn't he didn't spend any. But um, he traded out of his picks for a couple players. Like in the season, I'm not going to talk about that now because I'm already at 20 minutes. But he traded his last bit of picks for Matt Ryan. Look, I'm not going to say in dog Rio. Um, really, just for the sake of time, because I'm already up at 22. But that was just a bad trade. Um, even with a little over $100, you can come in here and get, you know, a player like Jahan Dotson or some shit. I'd just rather have, like, any first-round rookie pick, even a late one over a quarterback like Matt Ryan, especially considering Rio already had Carson Wentz on his roster. So he didn't really need Matt Ryan. I mean, you expect Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz to perform about the same from a point-per-game perspective. Matt Ryan went to the Colts. Like, they, they don't throw the ball. Like, they're going to be a team that leans on that big offensive line in the run game. So it's not like Matt Ryan's going to go over there and throw the ball, you know, 710 times. Um, so I just didn't understand the upside case to pay, you know, a late first-round pick for your third quarterback when that third quarterback is is a mid-range QB2 if they have a good year. So anyway, Rio ended up getting out of the draft for Matt Ryan. I won't spend any more time on that. Uh, Tariq, I, I'm going to talk about Tariq. Probably on the next podcast. I said I was going to do the draft recap and talk about trades, but I'm actually just going to do the draft recap because I'm seeing like um, how long this is taking me to get through, and I want to keep this under 30 minutes. Tyreek has done some really, really good shit with his team, like in the offseason. He's actually my front runner for GM of the year, and that just goes to show, like you know, I don't, I don't agree with Tyreek's strategy at all. Like I would never come in a situation that he was in with his team and trade all my capital because. I'm a little more risk averse than that, even though I tend to be pretty aggressive in the trade market. I just wouldn't inherit an orphan and trade away all the picks. But he's done so in a matter that's been like so aligned with the structure of his team. It's actually like paid off. And now he has a good team. Like uh, now he has a team that's good at pretty much every position. Like he sent the remaining draft picks he had in this class for Tom Brady. He really needed a QB one. Now he has a QB with the potential to crack, you know, the top five. And he went after um, Dallas Goddard. 
with some draft capital that he had prior um, coming into the offseason. Um, and that fixed his tight end position. He was streaming tight end last year. I think he was using Tyler Conklin. I think he sent a fourth round, I'm sorry, a third round pick to me for Tyler Conklin. But um, he's done some really, really good stuff with his team, um, filling all his positions and, and getting the roster that's going to be like really dangerous to compete with this season. Now, what his team looks like, you know, a year or two down the line, like, I have no idea, but but Broski paid up through 2025. So, <laughs> I mean, he's here for the long haul. But I've, I've really um, appreciated, like, what he's done with his roster and, you know, taking his own strategy and making it work for, you know, what he wants to do. And his team looks good. I mean, his team looks dangerous. Um, so I'm interested to see how it's going to pan out. But I'm also interested to see how he's going to bounce back, like, once this team falls up off the cliff, which inevitably it will because his players are older. But, I mean, fuck it. Let's have fun while we're here. Um Who's next? Isaiah. Okay. Isaiah. Um, Isaiah had the worst draft. Um, I'm going to just keep it a buck. Isaiah had the worst draft. Um, he spent $50 on Damian Pierce, $59 on Isaiah Spiller. I mean, these guys are handcuffs. Uh, the $85 on David Bell, I think, is really good. David Bell creeps into the first round sometimes. But all this money he spent, like Tyrion Davis price for $16. Um, um, what's the dude's name? The New England guy. Uh, Taquan Thorne, he bought him for 15 and then the Spiller and Pierce thing. I mean, he should have just taken the 200 and just bought a real fucking player. I, like, I, I don't get it. Isaiah's team's already good. Like, I don't know why he spread his money out and got all these, like, ancillary, like, pieces that aren't even going to fucking contribute. Like, none of these players are going to step in and help his team this year. So he had 220 dollars. He should have just bought, like, Scott Moore. You, you know? Um, so instead he bought like two handcuff running backs. I'm sorry, three hand, I'm sorry, four handcuff running backs. Um, David Bell, a rotational starter, unless he breaks out Taquan Thornton, you know, a, a, a speedster, Valise, um, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Valuse Jones, um, Justin Fields, 30 year old, third receiver. I mean, he just didn't get any any flashy names, and based on the amount of draft capital, yeah, he should have come away from the draft with at least one rookie stud. Like I said, I would have just taken all my money and put it in on a stud. From a roster construction standpoint, that's just what makes the most sense. Uh, you already have a team that's that's ready to win now. You don't go after depth. You go after another piece that's going to contribute instantly just based on how your team is built. But anyway, it's his first rookie auction. So hopefully next year or uh, 2024. I don't remember when this nigga has picks again, but hopefully the next time he enters a draft, he takes that into consideration as opposed to drafting a couple players that are probably going to be on waivers eventually. Um, Justin didn't have any picks either, but I mean, this is par for the course for Justin. He never has picks. I I honestly don't remember what he traded his picks for because it was like so long ago. He Oh, he traded his 22 first for James Robinson. So... Um, I think that was the trade. Yeah, that was the trade. He traded his 22 first for James Robinson. So that's why he doesn't have any first-round picks. And then his second and third, like, no telling with Justin. He usually trades them as quickly as, as the year rolls around, and he can. So um, I don't remember what he traded the other picks for. Uh, Danny traded his 22 first for OBJ last offseason. So that didn't really work out too well. Um, I don't remember what he traded his second and third for. Or, yes, I do. He traded his second and third for Isaiah's second and third. I think he traded his second and third for Isaiah's 2023 second and third, which was a silly move by Isaiah just because 
like pound for pound, it's 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 a huge difference between those 2022 picks, considering how many comp picks we had in that draft versus 2023 picks. So um, Danny got over in terms of margin on that deal, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Kurt. Kurt had a pretty good draft, I think. He left with a stud. This is what Isaiah should have been trying to do. So Kurt had a little more money than him. I think he had 300, and Isaiah had like two-something. And Kurt got a Lave, basically. So he spent 250 on a Lave. And that's really what you do when you have a team that's like built to win. Like you go for the most premium player. Like you bid up on all the top players until you land one of them. Like you don't like spread your money out. Like you can't take it with you. Like you go after the best possible player. Um, Kurt already had a good team from top to bottom. So he was just looking at the most elite player he can buy for the amount of money that he had. So he ended up leaving with Alave. And then he had some money left over towards the end and ended up spending $91 on Alec Pierce, which that's neither here nor there. I don't think that's really like that big of a deal. Um, Alec Pierce is a second round pick and $90 for a second round pick. I mean, that's fine value. But um, yeah, Kurt had a pretty good draft. He he went after, you know, one elite player, which is what um, a few of these other guys that didn't do should have done, like based on the amount of money that they had. And last up was me. Um, 45 seconds here. I My draft, everybody knows I came in to get Brees Hall. Ended up getting Traylon Burks as well. Um, swapped him out for um, DeAndre Swift. And I drafted Scott more for the Mahomes stack. So that's all I'll say about my team. Um, everybody is more familiar with my process because I talk about it all the time in the chat. But I really got to keep this podcast under 30 minutes. So... If y'all got any questions, concerns about the pod, want me to talk about something else on the next one, let me know. I'm going to try to do some segments for 30 minutes or less over the next couple of weeks just to keep the pod, um, gain some momentum in the pod again. But anyway, I'm rambling, man. Ain't no outro to drop today. I'm going to fuck with y'all boys later. Peace.